and Hound podcast. Hello and welcome to the Horse and Hound podcast. I'm Pippa Room, magazine editor here at Horse and Hound. Well, I hope everyone has enjoyed this big summer of equestrian sport. We've had team golds and individual European medals for our eventing and dressage British teams. All the action from Burley, Hickster, the National Dressage Championships and so much more. So I hope you've all enjoyed watching, attending those events, maybe hopefully getting a bit of time for your own horses as well. On this month's podcast, we managed to bring together two legends of the sport in brothers John and Michael Whitaker. They join us to talk about their childhood together, pretending to be each other and what keeps them going in show jumping. So with no further ado, let's put our feet into the stirrups and get started. Hi, I'm Jennifer Donald, show jumping editor at Horse and Hound, and we're in for a real treat this week because I'm delighted to be joined by two show jumping legends. They have reigned at the top of the sport for nearly 50 years and have a combined haul of 36 medals, eight Hickstead derbies, countless Grand Prix, and they've ridden in 18 championships together. I'm thrilled to introduce you to not just one, but two Whitakers. It's John and Michael. A very warm welcome to you both. Yeah, hello. Hi there, Jen. Well, um, it's been some journey for you both, but let's start by taking you right back to the, the very beginning and your childhood growing up in Yorkshire. John, as the big brother, well, let's start with you. What's your, um, what are your sort of earliest memories of ponies and, and riding? Yeah, earliest memories were growing up on a farm and I always, for some reason, uh, was interested in ponies and riding and uh, my mother was a rider and uh, so she encouraged us and um, started, yeah, when I was five. Uh, reluctantly, my father bought, bought me a pony. <laughs> my father was, um, he wanted as much grass for his cows as he, as he could. Ah. <laughs> and he didn't really want uh, a lot of ponies eating all the grass that the cows <laughs> no. wanted. Yeah. So that's how we started, yeah. And can you remember that first pony? Was it the sort of typically naughty little one or what it was, was it very, like? It was very naughty. Didn't want to do anything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's where he started. Oh, brilliant. And Michael, did you learn on the same pony? Were you sort of keen and, and learning from the same age as John? John was only riding since when I was born, so I can't yeah. remember starting to ride, actually. <laughs> uh, and then I, my first pony... The first one I remember was called Hercules, a little Shetland pony, and he, whenever he didn't want to do anything, he just ran off full speed. Oh, right? I had no chance. <laughs> Nearly killed me a few times. Um, and were your brothers Ian and Stephen sort of in riding at that time as well? John would be better answering that question, really, because I, I, I thought me and John was always very keen, and the other two wasn't that keen. But though Stephen and Ian rode in the, in the beginning, right. you know, when they were... Six or seven or eight. They both they both rode. Ian rode till he was about fifteen, I think, and then he okay. kind of petered out. Mm-hmm. He even rode on and off. He rode, he rode when he was a kid, and then he kind of dropped off the job a little bit, and then he started again a little bit later. So yeah, I mean, we all did ride as as children, and but me and Michael kind of never gave up. We stuck at it all the way through, and. Um, the other two probably were quite as keen when they were when they were kids. That's a lot of ponies, a lot of boys for your parents to to manage and to have around the farm. Yeah, well, we so that was four ponies for for the four <laughs> for me and my three brothers. 
And another wanted one to ride with us. Oh, wow. That's five. <laughs> and so my father was tearing his hair out. Well, then um, so my mother started a riding school to kind of pay for it, really. Oh, wow. So so that's how she kind of financed our riding in, the, in those days. Oh, that's fantastic. So as you had a sort of an assortment of ponies then sort of through the years, did you? Were you sort of swapping and sharing and, and finding the ones you liked and, and didn't like? Well, yeah, that's more or less it, really. Yeah, we, there was ponies, ponies and horses coming and going and we kind of, um, you know, picked the ones we liked and sometimes they could jump. Yeah, that's how it. That's how that's how it started. That's once um, what we did. Yeah, brilliant. And were you competitive with each other in the early days, Michael? Can you remember trying to keep up with your big brother? Yeah, I, I, I definitely did try and keep up with him, but he was quite lonely in front of me at that time. So, right. yeah, you know, I, I, I didn't really compete in the same classes as as John, but okay. uh, he was always like someone uh, to aim at. You know what I mean? He was there uh, to try and get as good as him. Really? Tried to jump as high and, and go as fast and yeah. And for years you both did a milk round together, is that right? Oh, uh, we did, yeah. I can't remember, I, I was young, I, I can't remember how long we did it for actually, but we did it, you know, I think I started when I was about, I was still at junior school, so like 11 or 12. And we probably did it, I don't know, four or five years, did we, John? I can't remember. Yeah, I reckon I did it from 11 till about 16 really, till I could drive. So did, yeah. I did it about four years, and Michael did it for sure uh, two or three years. It was a proper horse and horse and cart, wasn't it? Proper old-fashioned milk float. Oh my goodness! We did the we did the local stuff. It took about an hour, I suppose, mm-hmm. a good hour, probably a bit bit longer because Michael had to go and catch the pony <laughs> six six thirty or something. Oh gosh! And then by the time we had the milk already in the milk floor. We did that mm-hmm. the night before. And by, by by the time we got the harness on and everything and got delivered the milk, got back to the farm, it was time to go to school. Brilliant. And there's a there was a great story about, I mean, the horse used to do the route every single day and then was there a car parked or there was some funny story about the car being parked there one day? Yeah, that, that happened a few times. You know, he, was, he, was, <laughs> he, he knew his route, you know, he, off my heart. He absolutely, totally. No, no. We didn't even have to steer him. You know, when he, when he, we had to turn, we had to start where he had to go. Yeah. Well, the problem was if somebody put a guy where we weren't actually steering, he just <laughs> went clean over the car. <laughs> did you both get in trouble, or did you did you do a runner? <laughs> I can't remember if we used to run like electric catching. We're told we're told that a few times. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Good times. Um, and can you remember your first shows? Then, when did it sort of start getting competitive, or did you do sort of fun classes to start with? When did the show jumping become the focus? I think in the early days, we used to act act to the shows. Uh, one place I remember really well was Greenhead Park in Huddersfield, which was a really nice little show. And we, but it was like three miles from home, and we would act there. But that's that that was one of the local ones. We used to act much further than that, but we acted Greenhead Park, and that's where that's one of the shows I re- really kind of remember. You know, they used to do the Jim Carners. Yeah. Like mounted games that we call them Jim Carners. Yeah. And the show jumping and Andy Pony and everything. We just did everything. We we usually found that 
we earned more money out of the gym counters than anything else. You know, we used to, uh, we were both really good at that, I think. Um, and then, yeah, so when did show jumping sort of become, you know, the focus? And when did you start sort of stepping up? Were you successful on ponies? Yeah, I had a very good tough too. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it was very, very good, actually. I think one thing that kind of got me into it was um, used to be on BBC One at nine o'clock in the evening, show jumping, and after the news. So we'd watch that, and my parents would let us stay up and watch it. And then the next morning, the next morning, we got ponies out and, and, and practice, you know, and try. That's really what insp- inspired me to to have a go, you know, watching the likes of. Um, Alan Oliver and George Hobbs. Oh, yeah. And, and all those guys in those days. And then we'd get the ponies out the next day and we'd have a, a plank of wood rested on some bricks. Then we progressed to uh, barrels. <laughs> so, <laughs> but really, you know, it was, um, was primetime TV in those days. Yeah, absolutely. And... And it inspired a generation, and you know it's it's sad that it's yeah, not on yeah. still, but uh, um, it obviously stood you in good stead. And so you progressed. You started. Uh, you moved. What stage were you when you moved on to horses, both of you? Did you do it at the same time, or again, Michael? Were you a bit behind? Yeah, I I, I was a bit behind John, but I probably had better ponies than John. I was <laughs> oh, definitely had better ponies. Uh, and then when I was about thirteen, fourteen, I just started riding horses well. So I was oh. you know, at one point I was riding twelve twos and, and horses actually. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, I, I would have had it a fair bit easier than John. He he was already kind of established by the time I was fourteen. So thirteen, fourteen he was he was eighteen, nineteen, you know, so quite established when I when I was coming onto the scene really. It read it a lot easier for me. Did he? <laughs> John, you were out on this sort of this show jumping circuit by that stage then, were you? What was it like in those days? That must be a far cry from five-star shows every weekend like now. Uh, it's a million miles away from it. <laughs> when, when we started, I started going to, um, you know, bigger bigger local shows. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, there was basically three classes in those days, like folks on to be and see and open. People even used to tear their own practice fences. <laughs> that seems crazy nowadays, doesn't it? So. Yeah, um, but but it was good times, you know. Um, mm. we, we, we had some really, really nice, lovely little country shows in Yorkshire and travelling around those and meeting people, you know, and seeing people like the Barkers and Harvey Smith, Graham Fletcher, kind of, we had... We had you know, some good riders in Yorkshire that we, we were trying to beat and I think that stood us in good stead, you know. It was, uh, you know, if you beat somebody like Harvey Smith or, or Graham Fletcher, you felt like, you'd, you know, you, you were getting somewhere, so. Yeah, raise uh, the bar it, for everybody. Yeah, so those those shows in those days and the riders who were up against quite often, it was, I think it set us in good stead. Definitely. Um, can you remember the first time you actually went abroad as well? That must have been a milestone moment for both of you, like a huge deal, I imagine. Yeah, um, my first Nations Cup was in Poland, and in those days to send the, the young riders, because none of the older ones wanted to go to Poland. They sent us to Poland. You know, I think Neil, I'm not sure if Michael started off in Poland, but I remember Jeff Billington started off in Poland, and in those days that was a massive thing, like, 
like nowadays, Brexit's made it quite difficult to travel. Yes. But in those days, traveling to Poland, when we didn't really know much about traveling. Yeah. It was an absolute, you know, uh, it felt like you were going to the other side of the world and all the borders you had to cross. And when you get to Eastern Europe, the borders were much tougher. So that was, a, you know, a, a massive thing in those days for us to, you know, pull horses in a truck and sail off to Poland, really. And but that was my first um, Nations Cup, yeah. Gosh. And Michael, was it, was it Poland for you? Was that your first uh, trip overseas? Uh, no, the first time I went, I went uh, to a show in Denmark, actually, indoors. I'll tell you who I went with was uh, Ellen Treadwell's parents in the same wagon. Yeah, they, they came with us. So, yeah, another proper adventure. I mean, Denmark's a... Uh, yeah, it was. Days, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And at what point then, Michael, did you start to think, OK, I'm quite good at this. I could I could start to make a career out of this, do you think? Was there a milestone moment or a, a good class that you won or was it just a feeling that you thought, right, this is the job for me kind of thing? Yeah, I think for me, uh, when I was 16, I won the cock and horse. your show so I thought, right, well, uh, I'm... I'm I'm definitely the man here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that was it for me. <laughs> and John as well? To be honest, same. Same. I was a bit older when I won it, but I remember doing quite well, you know, around the normal local shows. Right. Jumping up and stuff, you know, but they'd probably be like 140. So with, at the time, I had two seven-year-olds riding sun and singing wind. <gasps> yeah. And actually, Ryan's son going back to Poland, he, the, those two both went to my first show in Poland. They were both seven-year-olds. And um, I remember, I'm still in Poland, by the way. <laughs> I remember walking the course, and it was also obligatory to, to, to do the pre in Poland. You had to do it. So Ryan's son did the, the, the Grand Prix, the Nations Cup, and the pre in Poland as a seven years old and the guy that was driving the truck for us had a bet with uh, Axel Vukuna oh yes in the bar the night before <laughs> that Ryan's son would beat him in the pre so I couldn't just go in and have a you know casual <laughs> canter around and do one round and retire because the driver had got all his wages up <laughs> oh god a bit of extra beating, pressure. me beating Axel Walker in the pre so. That is amazing. <laughs> the, right, the Grand Prix, the Nations Cup and the pre in Poland. Uh, I mean, that is unheard of nowadays. It's just, it wouldn't even happen. But that is, I mean, that's a phenomenal achievement even back then. It's uh, And I think it was the same, yeah. I think it was, the, I can't remember exactly if it's the Yorkshire show, but went to the Yorkshire show with Ryerson and Singing Wind as I say, I've been doing quite well around the local normal open classes. And basically, the first day of the Yorkshire show was, was a disaster. Oh, no. No, probably not a really disaster, but it felt like it. You know, yeah. like, like three three down probably with both <gasps> off. So driving home in the truck with my father, I kind of was a bit disillusioned. I was thinking I was out of my depth and didn't really want to go back. So my father convinced me to go back. He said... Listen, we're going to have to go back because we've paid the entry fees. <laughs> so Typical Yorkshireman. <laughs> <laughs> went back the second day and I won both classes. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> First class with singing when the second class with <gasps> son. And then I went on to win the Cock of the North on the on the third day. Oh wow. <laughs> A very good lesson in perseverance then. Yeah, and I think that stuck with us, you know, right through. I mean he must have been a huge influence, like you say, things like that just stick with you, don't they? The memories like that from, from your parents. Yeah, yeah, they do. And when that gives you massive confidence. You know, the next show you go to they said, And here is John Whitaker, the winner of the Grey Oxy Show and it kind of lists you. Yeah, wow. Um and from that kind of springboard then, you know, over the years you've won everything now from Olympic medals to Hickstead Derbies to puissance classes and, and everything. Um starting with you, Michael, what uh, what have been your biggest wins? What are the ones that you've been most proud of over the years? Yeah, I think obviously the first time you win Hickstead Derby is always, you know, that's one Especially in them days, you know, it was it was massive, really. Yeah. Uh, and you were very young at that time as well, weren't you? Yeah, well, I was tw- 20, yeah. Yeah. But the horse I rode, Owen Gregory, he'd been around it a few times before with the owner's daughter, uh, Aunt Pedic, and he'd always actually gone very well, you know, with her around there. Yeah. So I think I had it a bit easier at the time. Helped you a little bit. <laughs> it helped me a bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, then I, I think the other probably, you know, I was saying, winning the big Grand Prix or what I mean, you know. But I think the other one was Rotterdam European Championships. Oh, yes. I think early 90s. I won the team and then John won our second, you know, individual. To finish second and next to your brother yeah. on the podium is... Yeah. Uh, and for you, John, I guess, must have been special he for you He beat me by one pole, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be a bit annoying. <laughs> could, could either be the other way around, but it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Johnny! Yeah, I know that was one of your most proudest moments, is it? Yeah, definitely. And looking back, looking back at that, the previous ones, indeed, I, I think we were lined. Can't remember exactly, but God, it's the last day we were both in medal. You know, either in no, medal. We're first and second. We're first and second. First and second. Yeah. Going into Dina, you know, final day, we we're lined first and second, and I, I slipped down to third. I got. Did I? What was the third or second there? Yeah, you're third up, Scott, yeah. Yeah, so I went out to third and Michael just missed out. Oh, gosh. So on the Sunday morning in Rotterdam, we just, I think Michael said to me, he said, well, at least if one of us wins it, it'll be all right. Oh, yes. And I agreed. I said, yeah, that's at least if one of us wins, it'll, it'll be all right. And... Uh, we were first and second, so we, we improved from Rotterdam, yeah. I mean, to get to, we improved from Dino. Mm-hmm. I mean, at, at the time, I think what we did in Dino was good, but yeah. when you, when you get so close and you and you lose it, at the time, it doesn't feel that good, you know, but then, then to actually do it in Rotterdam, and I think I've been also second with Ryerson at Ixted, so I've been knocking on the door a couple of times, you know, and, and not quite done it. So to actually, you know, win something like that, you know, a European Championship, it's a step up, you know, it's it's like, um, you you know, you only get shots of those championships, you know, every every couple of years. And um, so to actually pull it off was uh, very good. Absolutely. But I did have a very, very good horse. Yeah. We're talking about the great Milton, obviously, at, um, yeah. at that stage. Yeah. Michael, were you on Monsanto for that yeah. Um, yeah. championship? Yeah. 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 It was unbelievable. How do you try that? How do you try it, really? So. Yeah. Yeah, John, we obviously can't uh, have this conversation without talking about the great Milton. Um, I mean, it must be 
hands down your sort of all-time great horse? Well, yes, definitely. I mean, Ryan's son really got us on the map and did some great things, but like Milton was just just a little bit better, you know? Yeah. Basically. And to, I thought I was, I always saw myself as being very lucky to, to get Ryan's son in the beginning and then, then to get one, you know, straight after Ryan's son like Milton was, uh, you know, just, just unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, Milton was the best horse I ever rode. Um, and yeah, obviously none of this story would happen without these uh, amazing horses. Um, and Michael, you've had some superstars as well as, as Monsanto, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, or Gregory for a start, you know, we did uh, Darby and, you know, he did other very good things as well. And Gregory, uh, Amanda, she, she did the Olympics in Los Angeles. You know, them two kind of got me off to a, you know, a very, very good start, you know, then... Uh, can't, I think probably Monsanto then after after Amanda, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, probably uh, I'd, I'd, you know, even after them, you know, like uh, Midnight Madness and Two Step, and, you know, they, they, they were very, very good horses. Yeah. Um, and you've been known to to swap horses occasionally, borrow each other's horses. There's been definitely uh, a Hickstead Derby. Was it with Gammon, Michael, you borrowed? Um... Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was just a chance. Uh, you know, John was away somewhere and I... I Turned up at Ixted and uh, Claire, John's wife, said, "Oh, I wish I knew, I knew you were coming. You couldn't ride, you couldn't ride Gammon." I said, "Well, I still can because I've only got two here." <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> fantastic! So I basically got on it, jumped round the uh, Derby trial clear, thinking halfway around, well, it's unbelievable, it's awesome. Oh wow! <laughs> and you went on to finish second, was it in the in the actual Derby? Yeah, yeah, but I had a bit of a, a cock up in the wall because I jumped. Just before I went in, I jumped to big vertical, and he actually got a bit of a misunderstanding, and he, and he nipped out. So I said to Claire, "Has it, has it has you ever done that before?" And she went, "No." Oh, no. oh God! <laughs> and then I had to go in the ring. So, oh no! First few jumps, I was a bit, I, I kind of overrode him really. And then right. once I settled, yeah, I got into a double addition, but I just totally overrode him. Gosh. And then after that, I settled down, and he he, he kind of had that. Missed that before I went. I think he probably would jump clear actually. Well, oh. he did the year after Johnny jumped clear. Yeah. But anyway, Gosh, he was a brilliant. I, runner, I, 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 I got him ready for John. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and John, vice versa. You, um, you borrowed or you ended up with one of Michael's at the Olympics. Yes, uh, Calvaro. Uh, at the time, Michael had a few top horses, and um, I didn't really have a horse capable that year for the Olympics and in general we were a little bit short of horse rider combinations you know suitable for the Olympics so Michael said just try Calvaro so I, I, I yeah so I wrote Calvaro that year and he, yeah it was good you know he was he was a good horse yeah he was one of the best that year at the Olympics wasn't he he did uh, he did incredibly well so uh, good yeah, swap he jumped, yeah he jumped clear the first round of the team and then that kept us in the. It got us into the second round anyway. Yeah. It it was you know it was good, for, you know for a, a kind of if you like a catch ride to. You know for it all to work out really for him to go well enough to get picked for the team and then do quite well at the team. Nice. One. You never lent uh, lent in Mil- uh, Milton to Michael then. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I don't think I I, I, I never sat on it. Never mind. Did you not? <laughs> That's so mean. 
you're getting me away from that one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you mentioned uh, obviously competing against each other in uh, the Europeans and uh, great times like that but what happens when you're in a jump off together do you become rivals at that point do you help each other out in a jump off or what's the sort of rivalry between you two in competitions you know I think we probably I I definitely but we just treat each other like any other competitor you know if John's John's winning I'm going to try and beat him if I win he's going to try and beat me you know uh, but if I can't win, I'm very happy if he wins, basically. And I think it's vice versa, you know. Like, say, like a big glass of Olympia or something. If I'm winning and John beat me, I'd be slightly sick, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Only slightly, though. Yeah. <laughs> I think, to be honest, it's helped us both because, anyway, my thinking is, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, I think it's helped us in many ways because... Oh, definitely. You know, if your brother's in the lead, you think, well, I can, I can beat my brother. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I so I think it's, I think it's been, like Michael says, you know, if, if, if we're not in the jump off, yeah, we help each other or at least give advice and, you know, tell them how fast you have to go. And it's a little bit like throughout the family, really, you know, even with my own kids, you know, I, w- I would always try and beat them just to show them anyway that you can. You know? <laughs> A bit of friendly rivalry never goes amiss. Um, But on the other hand, there must be no better feeling than being on a winning team with your brother, I'm guessing. I mean, that must just be so special. Yeah, it is, it is. And, you know, it's handy to have your brother or someone who, you know, say like Olympics or, you know, like your Los Angeles Olympics, we got a silver medal and we weren't really supposed to get anything. You know, working together and, you know, that's, that's, that's very rewarded. Yeah. And having your brother and, I mean, a bunch of lifelong friends you've met over the years as part of the team travelling all over the world, I'm almost scared to ask, but there must be some great times, great antics, you know, there's a lot to look back on and, and be happy about and have enjoyed. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Me, Michael and Nick did a lot together. You know, I just returned from Calgary and I'm looking on the board, you know, results of the year's board. Oh, Yes. And I think we won the Nations Cup there, the three of us, something like seven times. Oh, wow. Uh, I might be a year or two wrong, but it, it was like an incredible amount of times that the three of us, with one other rider, you know, sometimes, sometimes Malcolm Pyra or Joe Chury or somebody, but there was always me, Michael and Nick nearly in those, in those days, in the 80s and 90s, um, you know, we were part of the most of the you know the big teams and um so we did a lot together yeah yeah and and rained for a very long time it was a, a fantastic era for the sport so it was brilliant and yeah. I mean, has, has your relationship with each other changed over the years do you still sort of turn each to each other for a bit of advice on a horse or you know a pep talk even anything like that yeah i, I, w- I would always ask john if i've got a new one you know i said did you see that would jump and things like that you know it's always interesting uh i'm Probably, I don't know, I'm probably a little bit more optimistic than Johnson. It's always a bit, <laughs> you know, it's good to have his uh, feedback, really. Yeah. No, we still, you know, we still get on well and, and it's, it's good, yeah. And uh, the question we, I always get asked is, uh, do you two get mistaken for each other? Is there, I'm sure there have been times where you've uh, been mistaken for the other. Is that right? Yeah, I, I, I very rarely go to one show, at least one person would call me John, at least one. <laughs> <laughs> you just answer anyway. I answer, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'll have a light conversation for about half an hour and they realise I'm not John the most. It's a bit awkward. 
<laughs> I, I think you've both pretended to be the other as well. Isn't that right? Even in the ring. Yeah. Couple of times. Um, tell the story there was it a young horse class I, I can't remember who was who was pretending to be who yeah, no, doing it first, both around. I think first time yeah the first time it happened I was it was the day before the show right and uh, John wasn't getting there till the next day he was so he had to qualify for your horse final he asked me to ride his horse right so I did as if I rode mine as me and I rode his as if and not one person said one word I didn't realise I thought. <laughs> and then, John, didn't you get caught one time? You got busted. Yeah, well, I joined the first round. It was a young horse final. I think it was a young horse final in um, Walkensward years ago. Walkensward, right. wasn't it? And um, Michael was late and his horse was ready, so I just jumped on and jumped it. Then I jumped clear. I just checked. All I did was I just put Michael's riding cap on. Rode his horse, jumped clear, came in for the second round. And just mm-hmm. as I'm going in the ring, the collecting ring, steward said, oh, you're not Michael. I said, yes, I am. He said, okay, then go on. <laughs> so, jumped, jumped clear again. And it wasn't till I looked like I was going to win the class. Oh, no. They realised it wasn't, definitely wasn't Michael. <laughs> I, I jumped two rounds without them, yeah. without anybody really knowing that. Oh dear! I think, been... I think actually somebody complained. You know, some of the riders oh, must yeah. have said because uh, I looked like I was going to take some prize money. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been a nice little learner for you. Um, but it's been—I mean, it's been a phenomenal forty years at the top of the sport. Can you quite believe it? If somebody had told you both when you were teenagers that uh, you'd still be enjoying so much success, you would still be getting interviewed by Horse and Hound. What would your reaction have been, sort of? As teenagers, to that uh, prospect, John. First of all, I don't know because you know it, it all kind of came in stages. You know, like I say, when we started off watching it on TV, yeah. And you think, oh, I'd, lo- I'd love to do that, and then suddenly you're kind of doing it, yeah. You know, without realizing, you go through the, you know, you go from from small shows to the bigger shows, and then international shows, and you're kind of there without realizing it. You know, it's just. Uh, like a progressive thing yeah and and then you think oh um you know where's my next good horse coming from and 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 then it turns up and like even now people ask me you know when are you going to retire i said well mm-hmm. as long as i've got a good horse and i'm capable of riding at least capable of um thinking i've got a chance to win something yeah i'm going to keep doing it you know it, the, the day will come one day where I think, well, I haven't really got a good enough horse and I, I don't feel like I can do it. But to be honest, I'm 68, but I, I feel like I can, you know, go in there and do it. So I'm doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Michael, the same. Are you, um, do you sort of look back and, and appreciate how far you've come in the same sort of way? Or Yeah, I, I, I do look back, uh, you know, every now and again. I think, you know, if I had a right, you know, like Bosford, I had a really, really good career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose I've been lucky to get the horses and lucky to be in the right place at the right times, you know, things like that. But uh, we both work very hard as well, you know, so it's yeah. not like it's been easy for us either. You know, we want to work hard and, and uh, I just keep looking for where the next horse is coming from. And, you know, so it hasn't actually been given to us, really. You know, we've had, yeah. to, we've had to work at it. And, is that right, John? You think? Yeah, 100%. You know, like 
still still working hard enough than I ever have done. I think finding the finding the next good horse is is always been a challenge, and uh, quite often you find them just by being at the right place at the right time. You know, you can you jump in young ones all the time. Like I've ridden three young ones this morning, and I'm I'm kind of thinking, well, these these are quite good, you know. Uh, but it's it's yeah, it's finding that next good horse is always a challenge, and uh, and, yeah. and producing it and getting it, you know, training it, getting to the right, uh, just well, just you know, producing and training them and, and and hoping for the best. Sometimes they turn out good, and sometimes they don't. But um, you know, that's always a challenge. Thinking two steps ahead of what might be and and things like that. It's, um, yeah, and always always looking forward and and, yeah. and, and um, thinking positive and. I think what we said earlier, you know, our father, he was the biggest optimist that ever walked on the earth. He kind of um, said that it is not to give up and just, you know, just keep trying. Fantastic, yeah. That's what we've done, really. Definitely. Um, and the sport has changed, obviously, so much in the last few decades. Has your riding changed at all? Have you, either of you had to sort of adjust your way of thinking at all? How's it, um, how's it all changed for the sort of better and the worse, I guess? You know, I don't. I think it was a gradual change. You know, it, right. didn't, it didn't just change overnight. You know, it sort of gradually. Pencils got lighter, and the courses got a little bit more difficult or more technical. Right? It, it, I think we just changed as, as it were changing. I can't even remember thinking, well, you know, I'm going to change the way I'm riding. Or, yeah. I think we changed as it changed. You know, without, without really realizing. It 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 rubs off. You know, when you're watching. Good young riders, that, you know, like kind of do it naturally. They're naturally good. Yeah. It kind of rubs off, you know. It, without realizing it, you're riding like, like them a little bit, you know. Like nowadays, um, with the really tight times, you know, like the times are impossibly tight, nearly yes. impossibly, because the standard's so high. They've had to do something to, you know, to make people have, have faults, and so the yeah. times are really, really tight and. If you've got a slow, if you've got a naturally slow horse, it's it's can be quite difficult. But it kind of rubs off on you, you know, without realizing that, you know, you have to change with the times. Just do it because you have to do it. Yeah, no, exactly. Wow. And do you, John? Do you get as much enjoyment from it now? Or do you still get that adrenaline pumping for a big class as as you did when you were twenty or whatever? Oh, absolutely. It's so it's much tougher now. Not the riding, but the well, they're winning really because there's so many. The sport is so professional. There's so many good horses and so many good riders. You know, if you go to a three star somewhere in the middle of France, you think, "Oh, I've got a chance here." But yeah. It's every, anywhere you go. It's really, really difficult to win, just because the standard of horses and the standard of riding is so good. I think, you know, with our good horses back in the day, or well, say Milton, they'd still be really good today. The, the difference is today there's there's so many of them that's true and michael the same for you are you still um excited at the prospect of jumping a grand prix as, as ever yeah yeah i am i am obviously with jack doing so well now uh we haven't got enough kind of top horse for both of us so i'm letting jack do it obviously giving him the chance to do it but if i get a you know forget you know we've got some really good like seven eight year olds so if we've got enough horses like next year i'll i'll do it as well you know 
Yeah, fantastic. Um, and John, you, I mean, you touched on that week at Hickstead where you won the Nations Cup and then Robert won the King George and, and Michael, even for you, Jack won a big uh, five-star no, as I did, well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's what the sport's all about, isn't it? You were in tears, we were all in tears, everybody was in tears. It was just one of those amazing, amazing weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the Nations Cup was a, a really good win for us because we hadn't won it for so many years. And um, to be part of that was unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. And to do well in it was good, you know. And, and then for Robert to come out and win the Grand Prix, which you probably have to say it was a bit of an outsider at that point. Yeah. The horse has really been jumping good and really improving. But you think, well, it's it's not quite ready to win yet. But so when he when he put, Robert pulled that off, it was a very good moment and a very good weekend. Um, and Michael, as well for you. I mean, you must be so proud of what the whole Whitaker family has become and what it stands for now. It's uh, it's incredible. Yeah, it is. It is. It's unbelievable, you know. And like when you see Ian's kids, like William and George James and Stevens' kids, you know, you can't say about oh, Stevens, which like they all ride unbelievable. You know, you can't say which one's best, better than the other one. They're all, they're all, they're all very, very good. So yeah. it, is, it is unbelievable. Definitely something in the genes. Um, yeah, it's, well, it's like keeping up with them. Do you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, after two such distinguished careers, I can't believe there is, but is there anything else you'd still like to achieve in the sport? Is there one more Olympics in either of you, perhaps? Uh, I think I've got more chance than John's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe not. No, maybe not. It's the Olympics the next year, are they? Yeah, you're running out of time. <laughs> I think John's got more chance than me the next year. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's not out of the question, but I just kind of feel we've been there and done that, and I'm mm-hmm. not sure if you really want to put yourself through all that kind of pressure. My horse is good. I'm not sure there's so many, like, I won't say better horses, that's the wrong way of putting it, but there are some class horses on the circuit, and if I thought I had a really, really good chance of winning it, I would be up for it, but I'm not just sure if... I feel like that at the moment, but yeah, I wouldn't put it out of the question. But I can't see me doing another one after after this. Twenty twenty eight, Los Angeles, is it? Yeah, is it? <laughs> I think it's a Los Angeles. Yeah, I think um, that's. I think that's a bit of a long shot. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, finally, John, starting with you, what, um, just to put you on the spot here, what do you most admire in Michael and what's been the best part of getting to share this incredible journey with him? He's, he hasn't changed, you know, he's, he's had a lot of success and he's still the same. And the class has never been, never been he's never won till Michael's been, you know, he's yeah, unbelievable fast rider. He doesn't give up. Mm-hmm. And like I say, if, if, if you're if you're in the lead and Michael's to come, you don't know you've won till Michael's been. That's for sure. <laughs> um, and Michael, the same question about John. What what do you most admire in your big brother? And can you imagine the past four decades without him by your side? <laughs> oh no, definitely not. I mean, John John and I done it. I don't think I'd have done it. You know, mm-hmm. a lot to thank him for. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think just just the way he rides. Actually, that's always consistent. Uh, you, you know, you never see him pulling one about. Just, just the way you're right. Fantastic. Well, it's been an incredible era for you both and uh, for us to get to enjoy it as well as spectators. So um, thank you very much both. It's always a pleasure talking to you and it's been really great to have you on the Horse and Hound podcast. So thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Good luck, Elliot. Thanks, John.
<laughs> you said it now. <laughs> 2028, here you come. <laughs> I'm going to go out for a run. thank you so much to Jen and the brilliant Whitaker brothers for that super interview we'll be back on the podcast at the end of October when we'll be speaking to one of the dressage stars plus we'll hear some advice on conditioning horses going into winter do join us then in the meantime if you're enjoying the horse and hound podcast please rate or review it in your podcast app to help us spread the word The Horse and Ham podcast is a Media Cage production.